Hey, what's up, guys? This is Brad. This is Miles. And welcome to the house. Happy New Year to all. The college football playoff is here. Brad, are we nervous yet? I'm pretty nervous. I've been nervous for weeks. Um, It's time for Alabama to either put up or shut up. The hardest part for me is being in the Alabama fan club online and having to read the Alabama hype posts all the time. I just want the game to be over, but at the same time, I don't want it to ever be over. I just want to watch this match the whole – I you do it for the whole week for all I care. And uh, as we were discussing earlier, uh, the committee has made their decision. Enough time has passed. It's time for these four teams to prove that they are the four best teams in the country. Yeah, like I said, it's time to put up or shut up. Will it be Baker Mayfield? Will it be Jake Fromm? Will it be Kelly? Or will it be Hurts? Let's see what happens. We've got plenty of uh, college football action to talk about, but first we're going to go ahead and recap the games from last week. Uh, Keeping in mind, in uh, college football, we have three games uh, that have yet to be played, so we'll, we'll recap those for you guys next week. Uh, we did have a lot of success with USF at minus two over Texas Tech. They win the game 38-34. to That was a win for both of us and uh, who else but Quentin Flowers. Yeah, Quentin Flowers, he struggled in the first half. Um, he was not locating his passes all that well. And maybe he was reading the scouting report because when I was reading online about his scouting report, I heard that he's going to try out at the combine at wide receiver and running back as well as quarterback. He had something to prove that game, and his first half was not vindicative of an NFL quarterback. And I think it's a good move for him just to see where he fits. Yeah, definitely. The NFL, uh, not a good story for us this week. Uh, we agreed on all four of the games. We went with the favorites. Uh, we got one out of four. We'll start with the Rams and the Titans. Uh, the Rams were seven-point favorites. They win the game 27-23, uh, but the Titans uh, show up. Yeah, they held up uh, defensively. They couldn't stop Todd Gurley, but they kept him out of the end zone when it comes to running the ball. But Todd Gurley, I want to say thank you. Uh, you successfully won me three of the four um, fantasy football finals that I was in. Uh, thank you. I owe you some money. <laughs> yeah, and now it's a two-man race for NFL MVP. Yeah, who do you Gurley got? Gurley and Brady. I've got Gurley. I got, you got to go with Gurley. And yeah. Brady's kind of tapered off since the beginning of the year. Completely agree, and Gurley's only gotten stronger. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Brady, uh, he covers for us. They were 13-point favorites against the Buffalo Bills. They win the game 37-16, to so that was an easy win for both of us. Yeah, that was huge for um, the Patriots because I was wondering if they were to come out lethargic. They they wanted to get that first round by and that um, home field advantage. So props to Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. And then moving on to Tampa Bay, Carolina, your Buccaneers, man, have been playing really well as of late. Uh, they cover the 9.5-point spread. They almost win the game, uh, but they lose 22-19, to so that was a loss for both of us. We were really high on the Carolina offense. Yeah, um, and that banged up Tampa Bay secondary and banged up D-line actually held their own for the most part. They didn't quite pull off, but, I mean, when you're starting guys that are you're signing from the practice squad, it's, it's hard to beat the – possible soon to be nfc champion uh, i do want to highlight this about the bucks they did throw a pass to a guy off their practice squad for a touchdown bobo wilson so that's pretty cool that's a fun that's a fun story there uh and then finally uh an excruciating game to watch uh, seattle and dallas uh seattle wins the game 21 to 12 dallas two and a half point favorites we both went with the cowboys with zeke coming back and the offense just didn't have it no like what was garrett thinking you have the best player, one of the best running backs in the league. You give the ball 15 times in the first half, only nine times in the second half. Then when you're on the goal line, first and one, you're within the three. You you throw the ball three straight times. You have Zeke for a reason. And now Jason Garrett might be in trouble. We'll see what happens with the Cowboys in the offseason. But uh, disappointing showing there. Yeah, they kicked themselves out of the playoffs. 
All right, let's go ahead and uh, start talking about uh, the college football New Year's Six games. Uh, we'll go ahead and start with the Peach Bowl. Oof, charge on. So, UCF, it's time to shock the world. I know that UCF has played Auburn three times, and all three times Auburn's won. They've covered the spread two out of three times. But this is a different UCF team. This is a, a better offense Okay, minus the last couple team games, a better defense, and what does Auburn have to play for? And let's keep in mind uh, too. Uh, I, I, I feel like we're on the same page here. And speaking of those last two games against USF and Memphis, yes, they were high scoring, but it's because U- UCF was scoring so many points that the defense yeah. was tired. This is gonna. This game will be a different pace, and the UCF defense is underrated. I mean, they rank number 33 in the country, only giving up about 22 points per game. Yeah. They they can also maintain some uh, control on their side of the ball. How healthy is Kerryon Johnson? So they're saying he is going to be good to go. I don't know if that's 100%, but I mean, in his last game against Georgia, 44 yards, that's not going to cut it. He is their staple. They're not going to sit back and rely on Stidham. Stidham threw for 145 yards against Georgia, and granted, Georgia has the number two passing defense in the league. That's not going to cut it against anybody, especially if your star player's hurt. And going off of what you said, what does Auburn have to play for here? They got destroyed in the SEC title game when they had a yeah. chance for the playoff. Now they're in a lose-lose situation where if you win the game, you were supposed to win, and yeah. if you lose the game, then you lose to the Knights. I mean, I've got UCF winning this game, not only covering – but I'm going with the UCF magic. I am with you here. It's kind of strange. I don't know if I'm biased, but I just don't see what's the point in Auburn coming to play. And then another uh, big, big breaking news is uh, Cameron Cameron Petway's out there, backup running back. So if Carrion Johnson's banged up, they're going to have to rely on a third string running back to take the bulk of the carries. I just think UCF has more to play for. Since Scott Frost off with a win, Scott Frost closes out the undefeated season. Then it makes the playoff committee think, did they miss out on something? Is there something that they should have done to think? Because, I mean, there's no undefeated team in the in the playoffs. UCF is that undefeated team. This is a big game for a group of five yeah. programs moving forward. You know, I, I'm not saying that it's going to change, necessarily change things for them next year, but it's a step in the right direction. For yeah. that respect. Yeah, definitely. And I want to see what happens in this game, too, because Auburn's coming in only allowing 183 yards uh, through the air per game. But, I mean, McKenzie Milton, he's pretty much fifth in everything or second in everything. And I think he will be the difference maker, especially I'm thinking about all the receivers that Auburn has played. They haven't played like a receiver like Traycon Smith. And what's kind of crazy is there are not any receivers like that in the SEC, and there's a lot of receivers. There's two receivers off the top of my head that are like that in the American, so... We'll see what uh, that Auburn defense can do in the secondary. Our boy Mackenzie Milton, we know he's been good. 13 touchdowns in his past three games. Uh, UCF has played well as an underdog this year. They're 4-1 against the spread Yeah. Um, when uh, playing the game as an underdog. So uh, I like them to cover. My bold prediction, by the way, is that UCF is down by a touchdown. Milton leads them down the field. And then they go for two for the win. Wow. And win the game by one point. I have it a close-scoring game as well, I but I have it a four-point game, 34-30. to 30. But they could be down by three and get a touchdown to win the game in that situation. Definitely. So uh, that'll be exciting. It'll be an exciting time in Orlando. We, uh, we, we know a lot of people who are going to be out there in Atlanta. Having a great time. This should be a fun game.
Let's go ahead and uh, move on down to Miami uh, for the Orange Bowl. The Wisconsin Badgers, Big Ten runner-ups against uh, the Miami Hurricanes ACC runner-ups. Wisconsin six-point favorites in this contest. Okay, so me personally, I was like, man, how do I analyze this game? Because I have no idea who's going to win. But one thing I did notice is I do like Miami at plus six. Uh Really? That, yeah, that point total is favorable for a team like Wisconsin who doesn't have that good of a quarterback, and they run the ball a lot. I mean, Miami's defense is not terrible, and Miami's offense is not terrible. They need to do just enough to stay in the game. I still have Wisconsin the edge, and I could see it end up being a nail-biter because of Miami makes some late charge. I think Hornerbrook is playing better than Rozier right now, and I feel like this Wisconsin defense is going to continue – the struggles on offense uh, for the Hurricanes in this game, and I and I like Wisconsin to cover minus six. Okay, the only reason I was the only reason I'm gonna go ahead and take Rozier out of this against Clemson that is not fair. You don't think that's fair? To, I to, I mean we're talking about zero points. Yes. In the championship yes. game, but against Clemson, Miami was in a conference game overmatched, overworked. But they didn't play much better against Pittsburgh to end the year. No, they didn't. But playing against Wisconsin, they just had the air let out of their sails. The balloon has been deflated. I think Wisconsin comes out flat unless, unless Taylor carries them hard because he has something to prove. But no one on Wisconsin really has anything to prove. Maybe the tight end, but is the tight end even going to play? Yeah, I mean, that's that's up in the air. Um, and, and both teams, uh, speaking of Miami's defense, they play some good defense too. Yeah. Both teams holding opponents under 20 points per game. Uh, I'm looking for a low-scoring game here. I like the differences in style, whereas the Wisconsin defense grinds you out. The Miami defense is all about the flash and yeah, the Yeah, about plays. the turnovers. One thing that was uh, weird to me was I didn't realize that Wisconsin scores more points per game than Miami. Uh, when, I was, when I was looking up these stats, I thought – Miami definitely had the the edge in points per game, but it's Wisconsin. And if you look at everything, right? I looked at everything defensively. Wisconsin is a, a top five defense in every category, and Miami's not. Miami's not even a top 20 in any category. So you might ask yourself, why did I pick Miami? I think it time it's time to change, you know? Uh, Hornybrook, he's playing better than Barroja, like you said, but... Wisconsin, that that loss to Ohio State, that hurts them. But you said, okay, so not fair to compare them uh, as far as the Clemson game goes. But Wisconsin has a better defense Way than Clemson better. does. Way better. And I, what I'm saying is I think that if Wisconsin were to be in the ACC and they played Miami, I would think Wisconsin would blow them out, you know? Now Wisconsin's coming off a loss. Their loss is more impactful than the Miami loss because, I mean, I don't even know if Miami beats Clemson unless they blow them out if they get in. See, that's that's what my thing is here. Now Wisconsin, they knew they win, they're in. I think Wisconsin and has more to prove in this game. You think so? Than I, Miami see, I think that I do. Miami is going to show up to play because of the fact that people are writing them off already. But think about all of the talk that Wisconsin had to deal with all year. Yeah. Saying that they didn't belong. Say, I mean – an undefeated record, and yeah. Miami was the one that got the praise the entire season and then proved that they, yeah, definitely. That they were exposed. And, and I mean, I still have Wisconsin winning the game. Um, Just you, you have you have them in a close small one. victory, yeah. And another thing, you gotta you gotta picture where this game is being played. That is important. Yes, 
Wisconsin has to come down. God forbid if it's freaking 60 or 70 degrees outside. <laughs> now Wisconsin, they're coming from negative degree weather to come play in 70 degree Miami heat. That ain't that ain't 70 degrees anywhere else. I think it's going to be a close one. We're, I think I'm going to be surprised. We're all going to be surprised. Wisconsin, uh, very successful in their past three bowl games. 2-0-1 against the spread, averaging 425 yards per game. They play well in the postseason. I think Miami is not even a match for them. I've got Wisconsin winning by two scores, 24-13. I do like that. I mean, they're going to continue their streak of wins in the bowl games. I have that, but I have Miami, so I guess time will tell, right? So uh, let's move over to the game. Let's do it, Brad. The playoff, let's go. I am excited to talk about. It's the Sugar Bowl. We have, this is the last, the last playoff game, Alabama. They're giving three points to Clemson. Are you surprised at all that Alabama's the favorite here? I've been surprised by the line since it opened. Yeah. With Alabama favored. But the more I think about it, the more I like Alabama in this football game. Why is that? To me, what what I continue to come back to is just the preparation that Nick Saban is going to have. And not only the preparation, the experience that they have at quarterback. Yeah. As opposed to the lack of experience that Brian has, yeah, in these big time situations, I, I appreciate that because I I think the same thing. And one thing that I'm so sick of hearing about is how great Clemson's defense is. But if you look at it on paper, Alabama has the number one number one defense when it comes to points per game, number two in yards allowed per game. My number one stat is that the Alabama defense has racked up 31 sacks and 20 turnovers. Yeah, it's like has has everybody forgotten that this is. Just like any other Bama defense that we've seen, yeah, we know how good Clemson's front seven is, and we know how good they're going to play, but I think it's going to come down to the experience at the quarterback position, because both defenses are going to play well. Yeah. I, I think, too, another another factor that's going to play in is if Alabama stays true to their game. Um, okay. I saw a stat when they played against Auburn, um, the two running backs from Alabama, Bo Scarborough and Damian Harris, touched the ball combined four times in the first quarter. You can't do that. And no. remember when Alabama played Clemson last year? Who mm-hmm. was the who was the monster in that game? Bo Scarborough. He was eating him alive until he broke his leg. I think that adding the three linebackers are going to be fully healthy now with Mac Wilson, uh, Christian Miller, and Terrell Lewis. That's going to be huge. Losing uh, Dylan Moses, the backup Mike, I guess he'd be the third string Mike now getting all these guys back, but that hurts a little. But I, I just think that Alabama is an overall better team. I saw a really interesting factor that I, that I wanted your thoughts on. Uh, in the last two Bama-Clemson games in the national title, there is a receiver for Bama that had over 250 yards and two touchdowns. That was O.J. Howard. Yeah. I feel like they're kind of missing that kind of target. They are missing game. the big target here, but you got to remember, when Jalen Hurts finds, his, finds who he's going to throw to during the game, it's going to be the same guy. And whether it be Calvin Ridley – whether whether it be uh, Jared Judy, you know, whether it be Ruggs, he's going to pick that one player apart. So let's think it's going to be a matchup. But another thing that I want to highlight here is that front four for Clemson, they're smash mouth players, but they have trouble defending the run laterally. And Alabama's running backs, besides Scarborough, are not smash mouth players. They're lateral ball, ball runners. And I think if Alabama can get to the edge, get to the outside, they'll have the advantage. And Hurts knows how to get him into space. Yeah. He knows how to, how to distribute the ball. Uh, so I see him having having success there as well. Uh, the Alabama defense, I mean, they're, they're number one at only 11 points per game, 
94.1 rushing yards per game allowed. Yeah. If they shut down the run against Clemson and make them one-dimensional, I'm not sure that Bryant can can get the job done. Yeah. Bryant's no Deshaun Watson. He might be good. He might be having a great season. And there's no Mike Williams. Imagine – take Mike Williams out. What, you think Hunter Renfro was the real reason they beat us? Hunter Renfro was there because Mike Williams was so successful. Absolutely. Um, Let me just throw this out here. Do you think Dabo is going to get a little nerves in his body? Because you got to remember – Last time he was in a Sugar Bowl, he was playing for Alabama. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure he's going to get. I mean, it's Dabo, so, yeah, so you know you he's, he's going to come out like it. a drill sergeant. But this is so nostalgic to be like, I'm here playing my old team in the Sugar Bowl, and for the third straight year, for the third straight year, no Deshaun this time. So, no even Wade though I Gallman, have no Mike Williams, uh, well, yeah, and, and that was the other thing. I mean, they're 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 playing without Gallman, they're playing yeah. without Williams, they're playing without Watson. They're still here, but yeah. y- you know what, man? And, and this is another point I wanted to bring up with you. Can we talk about just just for one second uh, the strength of the conference? Yeah, because I think the ACC was really down this year, and I think there's something to be said for that. And a lot of people are, are talking about the SEC uh, and whether or not they're up or down. They were. They had three of the strongest teams in the country, yeah. whereas ACC was one-dimensional. Clemson was the only team that could be competitive against other teams yeah. across conferences. So I feel like Clemson has not seen a team like Bama this entire season. No. Bama has seen the best of the best. Yes, and that's what people are forgetting, that Bama has to has to play uh, – if they play Auburn, at Auburn, LSU. And these are tough games, no matter how you shape it up. And uh, – I want to give you my score prediction just because I want to see if I can call this game right. I have okay. 34-20 Alabama. Wow, you have a 14-point victory. 14-point victory. I, I think that Alabama has something to prove, and they're coming in here with a lot of people doubting them. I've got Alabama covering the spread. I've got them winning the game, 31-27. Yeah. And I'm confident. I mean, we, we, we've had a lot of time to think about this, and, and I've been thinking about this over the weeks, and I'm just thinking that uh, – with the players that they have coming back from injury, um, I, I just think we're, we're going to see a, a, a Nick Saban team that is focused and ready to get the win. Yeah, Nick Saban said in a recent interview, he's like, when you're the best, sometimes you get complacent. And with success, complacency comes. Now that they've been punched in the mouth, they can get back to working hard. All right, so uh, we'll see uh, who comes out on top in that one. The winner of the Sugar Bowl will play the winner of the Rose Bowl, a very unconventional Rose Bowl matchup. This is usually <laughs> set aside for Big Ten, Pac-12, but not this year. It is uh, Georgia, the champions of the SEC, and Oklahoma, the champions of the Big 12. Georgia, two-point favorites. Who are you liking here before I get into my analysis? You're, you're Oklahoma? I like Oklahoma. I like Baker Mayfield. I've kind of – let me let me think of the right way to put this. From, from the beginning of the season – my interest in Oklahoma has only increased yes. because I feel like they've just gotten better as the season has gone on. Yes. Whereas Georgia, I mean, they really took a step back in that Auburn game. Yeah, They came back strong on the neutral field in the SEC title game, but Oklahoma has steadily just gotten dominated. Better, gotten better and better week after week. I here was pulling this game apart, and I have Oklahoma at plus two. But this is going to be an intriguing matchup. Because we have two totally different kinds of quarterbacks. Oh, completely. Two totally different teams. We have Georgia here, who's the fourth fourth in opponent's points per game. They're second in pass yards. But then we got Baker Mayfield, who literally is first in everything. He's n- they're number one in yards per play. He's number one in passing yards per completion. Number one in points responsible for. Number one in passing yards overall. This is 
a different kind of Baker Mayfield. He's not the Baker Mayfield of old who wants to just throw the ball around and, and fart around. He's got something to prove. He's got a chip on his shoulder. And he's playing better than any player in the country right now. Yeah. 13 touchdowns, zero picks in his last four games. Complete domination in the Big 12 title game. I feel like a lot of the consensus, and tell me if I'm wrong, but this is what I'm hearing, is that the Georgia defense is going to come out on top in this game. The yeah. SEC Georgia defense is going to be the difference, and I completely disagree. I, I disagree as well. I mean, I've been hearing that. I'm like, I go, I go online, and I was gonna, uh, I was hoping there would be some alarming stat of how many people already have taken um, Georgia. I mean Oklahoma, but more people have taken Georgia. Yeah, the consensus is is Georgia. It's so weird. Um, I don't get it. I, I don't know. Georgia, if they get down, they can't get down by. If you they get down by two touchdowns, they can't come back it's on done. Oklahoma. If if it's a two score lead for Oklahoma, I have zero confidence that Fromm can mount any kind of comeback because yeah. Mayfield. Okay, can we? Uh, let's go back to the Oklahoma Oklahoma State game. Yeah. Do you remember that where it was literally whenever the Cowboys would answer, Baker, Baker Mayfield, Mayfield came right, right back down the football field because that's what he does. Yes. And if if Baker Mayfield somehow gets down by two touchdowns in this game, I am no not problem. counting him out until there's five minutes left on the clock. Exactly. Exactly. I, I that's what I'm so confused by what what people are looking at. I mean, Jake Fromm, even how they dominated Auburn, he threw for less than 200 yards. Now, uh, going to the running game, yes, we know they can run the football. Yeah, we know that uh, Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle, they combined for over 2,000 yards, 26 touchdowns, 13 apiece. It's crazy, fantastic, uh, a great mix, and they're going to try to control the game. And the clock. Yeah. With their ground game. But what's going to be so fascinating to watch is that Baker Mayfield is going to try to do the exact opposite. Yeah. He's going to throw them out of the building. Yeah. And I'm very excited to watch this game because I want to see how Georgia answers. And another thing is I want to see how Georgia's offensive line plays against Oklahoma because Georgia has one of the best offensive lines in the country, right? No doubt. And when Oklahoma played TCU, they were getting in the backfield. But I don't know if that's going to be the same thing, but... All Oklahoma needs is to get one less stop than Georgia because I think they'll outscore them twice as much, if that makes sense. So, like, for yeah. every one stop they get, that's two touchdowns. For every one stop Georgia gets, that's two touchdowns for Oklahoma. So I completely agree, and I think it's going to be tough uh, to slow down Baker Mayfield in this playoff uh, going into the next game as well. I'm really confident in what the Sooners are doing. Uh, very smooth coaching transition, by the way. Uh, from Stoops to Riley, yeah, that, that the job that program has done, and then coming into Columbus and getting a huge victory to open the season, I've just been so impressed with them. Yes, the, Leak and Riley's done a great job, and I think he could give this a lot to Baker. Whatever he said, whatever he did to, do you think that him getting arrested was the wake up call? Like something was a wake up call. There was something there. Somebody is doing the right things with Baker Mayfield. Yeah, and everyone can talk about his attitude, and they could talk about the Kansas game. Guys, I there's there's no issue here. He he's no. just a kid who plays with attitude, but you know what he does? He backs up his attitude. Yeah. He backs it up with his game. I love it. Baker Mayfield, the first ever walk on to win the Heisman Trophy. That's amazing. That's wonderful. And you know he's playing with that chip on his shoulder. If Baker Mayfield makes it to the national championship, watch out. Whoever he's playing, because I guarantee the man will go for over four hundred yards and have multiple touchdowns. Agreed. Uh what do you think in score wise here? Score I have thirty to 21 i i don't know why i think it's gonna be so low scoring but 
I think it might be another situation like when they played TCU where the game's not even fun to watch anymore. Baker Mayfield is doing victory laps while Georgia's trying to come back, and maybe Georgia reels off a late touchdown to bring it closer. Okay. Uh, I've got Chubb and uh, Michelle keeping him in the game and a thriller. I've got Oklahoma winning 28-24. I would rather see the thriller. Uh, I just, I mean, I'm just, maybe I'm just on this Baker trip. I'm Baker high right now. So let's uh, transition over to the NFL. Um, this is the last week of the regular season. I'm a little sad. Are you sad? Yeah, I mean, it's week 17, but you know why I'm excited is because it means we have some of the best NFL games coming up in the playoffs, but yes, one last week. So let's start off with, we talked about them last week. Let's talk about them again. We got the New Orleans Saints versus Tampa Bay Bucks. The Bucks are getting seven and a half points. What do you, what do you think about this? Okay, so we talked a little earlier in the recap about how well Tampa Bay's playing, and they are playing well. But I found some really good trends in favor of the Saints, so I'm riding the New Orleans Saints in this game. Are Here you we go. Are you taking the spread yes. or straight up? Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm taking the 7.5 points. I'm going to give you some against the spread stats that I really like. Okay. The Saints are 6-1 and one against the spread in their last seven versus divisional opponents. 8-3 and three against the spread in their last 11 games as the favorite. 12-4-1 against the spread in their last 17 games on the road. Not only that, the Buccaneers, 7-20 against the spread in their last 27 games at home in December. I've got New Orleans winning comfortably 30-14 to and taking the division in the process. So, coming into this, I wanted to take New Orleans at 7.5 because everything is trending that way. But then when I looked at Jameis these last couple of games, he's playing remarkable. Let's compare these these two statistics right here. We have one guy with 4,000 yards, 22 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. He played every game this season. We have another guy at 3,000-plus yards, 18 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. He missed three games and got taken out of one. So that's three and a half less games, and he's literally only thrown less – he's only thrown – four less touchdowns. I think that Jameis, I don't know what it is. What he Maybe he's playing comfortable because he knows he has nothing to lose. I have a closer game than everyone's going to think. And this could fall on to who just makes the right plays at the right time. Okay. The We talked last week about the Tampa Bay pass defense, and they yeah. did play well against Carolina, but they're still sitting at dead last in the NFL, and New Orleans is coming in with a top-five passing offense. Yeah, That's the match from, that, that I'm looking at again. And I'm banking on the fact that Tampa Bay is not going to cover against the strong of an opponent two weeks in a row. I think that my thing here with Tampa Bay is if you would give me this line at 6.5, I'm taking the Saints because I'm just not comfortable with a one-touchdown game That's fair. when you're playing a divisional opponent on the road. And, I mean – who knows how hungry the Saints are going to be? The Saints could theoretically get as high as the number two seed, but do you think they're comfortable with just being in the playoffs, or do you think they want to, you know, Drew Brees to come out there slinging, make sure there's no doubt in anyone's mind that they're the best team in the NFC? I, I don't know if that's something that I could get behind. Well, they also play really well against Tampa Bay. They've won yeah. 10 out of the last 12 in this matchup. Um, so do do you like the Saints to win? Just oh, well, I I don't question the Saints winning. I don't think Tampa Bay is going to be a, a party spoiler here. Uh, they're just not the same level uh, as Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, 
Michael Thomas, Mark Ingram. We got the rookie out there playing great DB. It's just they're not the same team, but at the same time, Tampa Bay has nothing to lose. And love him or hate him, Jameis is going to come out there throwing the ball. I got to say, Brad, this is good news. Uh, we disagree on, on an NFL game. so Yeah, and, you know, I'm – me personally, I, I, I don't – I want the, the Bucks to lose because I want to get a better draft pick. We're, of course. We're tied. But with that being said, I, I don't think they're going to – I don't think uh, the Saints are going to cover. Let's go ahead and move over uh, to one of the more interesting games and one of the more interesting lines this weekend. All right. Uh, San Francisco going at L.A. Rams, three-point underdogs. Now, the Rams, I believe, are sitting their starters. The Rams are sitting Todd Gurley, uh, Jared Goff, Aaron Donald, Whitworth, and Sullivan. And Sean Mannion will be starting at quarterback. And they're still three-point favorites. Uh, the line moved uh, within like a not too long ago, but like an hour ago. The line moved when, I, when he said it official. What are we at? We are at um, it's San Francisco is now minus three. Wow! So it completely flipped. It, it completely flipped. Uh, I was I analyzed it both ways depending on how you wanted to talk about it. What would you like to talk about it as? Let's uh, let's talk about San Fran minus three. San Fran minus three. Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo has not lost a game as a starter in the NFL. <laughs> now I thought it'd be an interesting game to watch with Jimmy Garoppolo versus Jared Goff. Now. Jimmy Garoppolo versus Sean Mannion. I don't even know how to pronounce the dog on name. That's how bad he is. And no Aaron Donald, no Sullivan. This defense is not going to be the same defense that we see. And this offense. Could you tell me the, the backup running back name for the Rams? No. Because I, I don't know. It's I know his number is like 34 or something. Who cares? This is a totally, totally different Seahawks team. Don't you think uh, that – Okay, so first of all, the way the 49ers are playing, I've got them winning this game comfortably. Yeah. I don't think the train is stopping anytime soon, especially with L.A. sitting all their starters. They have absolutely nothing to play for. There's going to be nobody at the game. Yeah. And San Francisco's playing with a lot of integrity and a lot of pride right now. E yeah, even even before that game, uh, Garoppolo, I mean, you look at Garoppolo's play, played four games. They're 4-1 and one in their last five games against the spread. Garoppolo, 4-0. Five touchdowns, three interceptions. In that game against the Jags, they put up 44 points on the number one defense in the NFL. Insane. And I'm glad you brought up uh, Garoppolo's stats against the spread and how well they've been playing because I love looking at the trends, and there weren't a lot of trends to look at because you can only look at the team under Garoppolo. Yeah. So the way that they're playing right now, they're a good team to bet on, especially seeing as how there's only one game left in the season. Yeah. Might as well get your money on them. Uh, I don't think that Garoppolo will let them lose to a B team. I think Garoppolo, Goodwin, Brita. Brita's playing better than Hyde at this point. Oh, for sure. Well, he had 77 yards and yeah. a touchdown he's, last game. He's coming on strong, and, and you know it, it gives Hyde some time to rest. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on San Francisco moving into next season? Watch out. Because San Francisco, still, well, they still projected a top 10 draft pick. Yeah. If they could re-sign Garoppolo, they got the two running backs that they need with Hyde and Breida. Great combo. That defense is yeah. freaking good. And they've been playing well all year. It's just yeah. been the offense. Yes. Amazing. They got Goodwin. They like Goodwin. The, the tight end's playing amazing. They have all the pieces. Now, guess what? Hey, guys. Now you guys could take a chance on a 
on a top 10 draft pick. That's not fair. They're going to be, I think they're going to be uh, an edge playoff team, which means they could come in and they could be between the five and the eight seed. And then on the other side, uh, I wanted to get your thoughts going into the playoffs here. What do we think about the LA Rams and how they finish the year? I think there's no way the Rams make it to the Super Bowl. I think that there's just not enough experience. Not enough experience. They're young. They're good. But, I mean, just think about it. All those young players, how many of those young players competed for a national championship in college? I, I can't think of one. And that tells you something. They don't have a chan- championship caliber player. That If you're a young team, you're going to need someone like a Deshaun Watson on your team who's been there, who's been on the big stage. And I think the biggest stage they have is Todd. The biggest player with the biggest stage that they had was Todd Gurley. And playing a New Year's New Year's Six Bowl, but no chance in my in my opinion. So let's uh, move over to the next game. You know this is tough to judge. We got uh, Jacksonville, Tennessee. It's not for the division, like we all wanted it to be. Yeah, Tennessee coming out as six point favorites, but Doug Marone told reporters on Tuesday that he won't be resting his starters. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Yeah, but the line didn't. The line hasn't changed, right? And that's where I'm really surprised because it seems to me that Jacksonville's going to come and ready to play, especially the way that they played against San Francisco. Now, even though I'm surprised, I like the move. Yeah, because with this Jacksonville team, I think it's important. A win here would give them a lot of confidence going into the yeah. playoffs, which is what they need right now. Jacksonville, they're not. They're not a dominant team. No, they are not. Us. You could just turn them on. You need to keep the train rolling, like. When you have an explosive offense like they got in L.A. with a great defense, cool. You could turn that off and on. But when you have like a Blake Bortles who needs to get into his rhythm, uh, you got a Leonard Fournette who's a rookie, um, you got all these rookie wide receivers and young wide receivers out there like D.D. Westbrook, Ian Cole, and, and uh, McKitchens. Those are young guys. They need this game. They need, a, they, they need the reps. Yes, they need the reps. And they need playing time. Um, I've got Tennessee winning the game, but – I, uh, I'm looking for Jacksonville to cover here at plus six. And, and I'm comfortable there because I think they're the better team and they're getting six points. Yeah. I actually uh, think that Tennessee is going to – I know they are coming off three straight losses, but this is going to be a crazy thing to see. When you give the ball to Derrick Henry 25 game, times this next game, I think he will be the difference maker. I think this will tell the Tennessee Titans – what they have in the future. Because, you know, DeMarco Murray's out with a grade three uh, MCL tear or whatever. Uh, is, this, is it safe to say this is Derrick Henry's first like first real opportunity yes. to show what he's got? So are they going to run him straight up the gut like you should, or are they going to try all this fancy stuff? Because, I mean, if you even look at when DeMarco Murray was in, um, they didn't run Derrick Henry up the gut or DeMarco Murray up the gut. They always tried to get him to the edge. And yeah. Derrick Henry's a he's a one cut back. Don't give him to the edge. Let him get north and south and, and run people over and get to the end zone. So with that being said, I have Jacksonville plus six. My only thing is I think coming off that loss, that embarrassing loss to San Francisco, I don't think I don't think it should be embarrassing, but because San Francisco's playing at a high level at Garoppolo, but it was embarrassing. They gave up forty four points. That defense is gonna come out with a chip on their shoulder. No more personal fouls. No more rah rah foo foo lame shit is what I like to call it, because they that defense got a little too big for the bridges. We're playing big-time football now. Next week is the playoffs, and I think Marone's going to sit them down and tell them to shut the hell up and play football. And 
Mariota just has not been playing well to uh, to finish the season since week nine. He's got six touchdowns, ten interceptions. Tennessee does play better at home, but like you said, coming off that terrible loss to the 49ers and uh, Doug Marone saying the right things to his very young yeah, players. Yeah, very young. And it'd be exciting to see what Blake Bortles could do in the playoffs. I mean, yeah. that big win over Baylor in college, he has a taste of uh, the big stage. Let's see. Let's see if he can end the season. I was surprised Blake Bortles didn't play the best game, but he still played pretty doggone good. The king of uh, garbage time. Yeah. He still had over 300 yards, and uh, I believe he had two touchdowns. So. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and uh, close it out uh, with one of the games of the week. The Carolina Panthers uh, traveling to Atlanta to play the Falcons. The Falcons are three-and-a-half-point favorites. <sighs> can okay. I tell you this? Go ahead. I did not pick a winner. Okay, that's I'll, fair. I'll pick one as we discuss it just because I'm still torn, and I need to actually just think to myself while I talk it out with you. I'm gonna, we're going to work this together. Sure, yeah. That's, that's what we're here for. The crazy thing about this game is the Panthers really need help to win the division. They need a win, and they need the Saints to lose. But the Saints are playing the Bucks. I don't think the Saints are going to lose Highly at all. unlikely. What I was reading was there's a good chance that Derek Anderson might start. Now, if Derek Anderson starts, I love Atlanta all day, every day. But Cam Newton versus Atlanta, I don't know if I love Atlanta still. Because Atlanta's at home. I know Atlanta wins there. And they could still lose. They could still lose and still get in. But I think Matt Ryan just wants to get in. Uh, the question to me was, that someone asked me, was who's the scarier team if they squeak in, the Seahawks or the Falcons? Falcons. Got to be the Falcons. Got to be the Falcons. Seahawks have bad offensive line. They can't run the ball. Falcons yeah. can run the ball. Oh, yeah. They have amazing playmakers. And that defense is not bad. What is your take on this game? So, Carolina really bit me in the ass last week. Um, just because I was so high on what they were doing on offense. And... <sighs> I still like them again this week. Okay. I'm going Carolina plus three and a half. I'm leaning towards Atlanta as a winner of the game. Yeah. But I know that if they win, it's not going to be by more than three points. Yeah. Carolina is going to put up the points. They're seven and two against the spread in their last nine games on the road. And Atlanta, as dangerous as they may be, I yeah, uh, by the way the crowd's going to be ready for this one too. Oh my god. <laughs> How do they get such great football this weekend? Yeah. Holy crap. I Big time. Uh, thinking about it a little bit. I think I'm going to go with Atlanta minus three and a half. Why I said that is because the okay. last couple games they've played against the Panthers, Atlanta's had their number. Uh they're like 2 and 1 straight up. I think I guess the spread was 2 and 1 as well. And Matt Ryan's going to be playing for his life. Do you think he comes up short or you think he 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 pulls the trigger, and they, they get into the playoffs. I think we're going to see Atlanta in the playoffs. I think so, too. And what's cool is if um, – I'm just going <laughs> to try to remember this. If the Rams lose, if the Vikings lose, and if there's one more playoff team I can't remember, if they lose, then the Saints will not have to play an NFC opponent, NFC South opponent. But if that hasn't happened, then that means NFC South opponents will play each other in the first round, just like 
what's going to happen with the AFC South if the Titans win. That would, cool. that would be some exciting matchups. Yeah, playoff round, AFC South players playing against each other. Very similar yeah. to the college football championships that we had, the rematches with yeah. Oklahoma and TCU and uh, Georgia and uh, Auburn. So just like uh, in college, uh, we're going to get the same in the NFL next weekend. So uh, that's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, what are, you, what are you thinking about Christian McCaffrey? Do you think you, you, you figure out what you have with him in this last game as a term two? Because Jonathan Stewart – He's he's night and day. One day he's explosive. The other days he's just getting just enough. Yeah, I think we're getting we're starting to get an idea of what McCaffrey can be in this league. Yeah. That maybe he's not going to be a superstar. Yeah. But that he's going to be an extremely talented. He's gonna be a great, great role player. Role player in, in any offense. Yeah. Um, so that's that's what I'm looking for him, and and, and I, I'm just looking to see him continue to improve. Yeah, I accept that. I, I think that's where I'm at too with him. I didn't write any notes for him. I just wrote his name because I wanted to get your take on what you thought about him. Before uh, we move on uh, to our final section, and we all know where we're headed, I wanted <laughs> to get your thoughts on the Cotton Bowl, uh, Ohio State and USC on Friday. Uh, I, I, I don't want to talk about the spread. I just want to know – how you think JT Barrett's going to come out and play? I think out of the two quarterbacks, JT Barrett's going to have a better game. Really? And what makes you say that? Why I say that? This is Sam Darnold's locked. Sam Darnold is going to be a top 10 draft pick regardless if he throws three picks or not. JT Barrett, this might be his last this is it for him. football game ever. And I think no matter what you say what how good usc has finished the season he's gonna go out there and he's gonna put everything that he has because this is the last bit of his legacy as a college football player and he's been through a lot he's been through hell and high water and i'm excited to see him finish his career at ohio state it's been uh a it's been a ride these last four years with jt barrett yeah it's very emotional for me to watch him play his last game as a buckeye because uh, we're really uh, – the Buckeyes are seeing kind of a new era next year with uh, Barrett gone. And I can usually get a feeling for how the Buckeyes are going to come out and play just kind of based on the season. Yeah. And, and, and I feel like I'm going to see my team play with a lot of fire. Yeah. And they're they're really going to go for this one. So I think this game is going to be very uh, interesting to see because how is Sam Darnold going to come out? Because yeah. if Sam Darnold is chill, he's excited, this is – a showcase for him. And we're playing without our best corner. Denzel Ward announced that he wasn't going to play uh, yeah. the Cotton Bowl, and that, that that is a big hit. Um, but I'm still looking to get a couple turnovers. Yeah, I think you guys will be fine. Uh, I still have a high-scoring game with you guys, maybe a 75-point uh, game total. But glad you, ex- you asked me that because I think Barrett's going to come out and play some good football. All right, so we are going to move on to – the final section, the Super Dogs. Cool. The Doggy Dogs, I sucked last week, and Josh Rosen screwing me over hurt really bad. So this week I stayed away from teams that are going to have quarterbacks that might be sitting out. Um, I kind of was leaning towards a USC win. Um, as That would be a great value pick right there, but I'm not doing that. I'm actually going to start with my dogs this week, okay? Go ahead. Do you want to do the recap or are you – Move into it. Uh, let's go ahead uh, and recap just uh, our wins okay. um, because you didn't have any. Yeah. 
<laughs> I, you see, I was trying to avoid it. I was trying to get out of there quick. I had to get that jab in there. Um, uh, I had, uh, for the final time this season, military money. Yeah. How about Army plus seven? Going for the win on the final play. So you know the sad thing is I was uh, at the bar with one of my one of my good buddies. He's a big-time better, and he had San Diego State. And I'm just like, man, I can't root for San Diego State. My, my boy Miles here has to get his last military money. I wanted to turn the hashtag to keep going. And big balls by Army. I went for two. And, you know, uh, Army's coach, he said it best. You do not put the ball back in Rashard Penny's hands. You win the game because Rashard Penny, what he has most overall yard, most all-purpose yards of any player in college football. He's in the top five for most running rushing yards all time, and he's in the top five for most all-purpose yards all time. You don't give the ball to that guy. Great win. So now that you were able to get your seven points, I'll move you over to the games I picked. Um. I'm going to go ahead with first. This is hard for me to pick because I don't want to go against the SEC. But, you know, I got UCF plus nine and a half. <laughs> Let's charge on one last time this season. And Frost, you take it down. Let's move over to the next one. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you know this one. Jacksonville plus six at Tennessee. Um, I don't know. Sorry, Mary. I think I might be bitter because I, I drafted him in one league. I ended up picking up Carson Wentz later, but... Oh, yeah, you know, because yeah. I traded Oh, you. yeah, you traded I traded you Mariota. Mariota. I was just sick of him. Um, and last but not least, this was a surprising line for me. I'm going to go with Notre Dame over LSU, and Notre Dame is getting three points. I looked at that one. I like that pick. Uh, you're sitting at 84.5 points. Uh, the Army win re- uh, really uh, was good for me. Uh, it got me up to 61. So I actually have – also have UCF. Nice. Charge on. Charge on. Plus nine and a half. I'm feeling the magic. You know my bold prediction. Keep that in mind. They're going for two for the win. Okay. To get the victory. I've got Kentucky plus seven and a half over Northwestern. And finally, I've got the Houston Texans plus four over the Indianapolis Colts. And also keep in mind, I have one pending from last week. I have Texas plus three over Missouri. In the Texas Bowl, I like I like the uh, Texans because it doesn't matter who the Texans starts. The freaking Colts—they're helpless. But can I tell you something? You know, did you watch the Texans game? The, oh, the Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. You know the backup quarterback who came in the game. He is only slightly better than the Migos Quavo. If you guys don't know, Migos is a rapper. He barely beat. Uh, Quavo's high school record for most yards in a season. All right, that was a fun little fact. <laughs> That's I, a good one to end the show on. <laughs> so good luck to you, Miles. Thank you, Brad. Yeah, hey, uh, good luck to you. Uh, there, there is not there. There's not much time left uh, for me to make a miraculous comeback. So yeah, well, guys, uh, you know, thanks for listening. We ran a little long this episode because obviously you guys could tell we were super excited about this college football games this this week. Um, if you guys could leave us a comment. Um, I appreciate the guy who sent us something last week. That was really cool. Um, we do have a donate section on our website. We're trying to get more marketing out there, more equipment. So if you could, even if it's $5, donate whatever you have, a dollar, and especially if you're winning bets. If we've helped you and we're helping you, anything helps. The website is 
bestthehouse.com, www.bestthehouse.com. Or if you go on Google, just type in Welcome to the House. We're the first thing that pops up. So whatever you guys can helps. And if I if I could just end on uh, the fact that the day of the college football playoff games is literally my favorite day. Oh, yeah. Of the year. So everyone just sit back, relax. And not only that, but this year, the UCF-Auburn game just adds a whole nother oh element. Oh, my God. It's going to be exciting. To the exciting day of football. I cannot wait to watch the college football season almost come to an end, see who we have playing for the for the ultimate prize, and uh, end it out uh, the right way. So it's been fun. It's been fun. Yep. Uh, good luck, Alabama. Roll Tide. And good luck to you out there, guys, in your bets. Have a great one. Take care.